Hey, and welcome to Meadow Brain Farm. With me, Tarum Meadow. And on the other line, of course, is Brute Thunderhead. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up? It's been uh, <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how was uh, your week? Yeah, uh, we didn't talk about it last time, I guess. Well, um, I have my brain in a, in a box, basically, because I'm moving. So uh, it's a pretty shitty time, I must, I'm not gonna lie. It kind of sucks, you know, uh, to pack things. I don't like it, but it has to be done. So that's what I've been up to. Do you know what is uh, worse than packing the thing? Mm, maybe packing up shit. I mean... Uh, to unpack and sort all the shit. No, do you know what I think is worse when it comes to moving? I think it's actually the, the act itself. When you have everything packed in bags and whatever, and you have to fill up a truck or whatever. I think that's the like, fucking worst, honestly. Like I, like I told you, for me, it's uh, unpacking, because uh, both of us uh, move a lot, and uh, we know shit. <laughs> uh, unpacking, I think, is kind of chill, because I don't have a problem with living in a box for a while, you know? Because the first thing I do when I move into a place, I just place all the boxes where I, you know, where I'll probably unpack them at a later date. And then I just, you know. That's that's a problem for me because uh, you start to pack like a month before you move, right? Or a week. It depends. <laughs> well, for me, it's basically the last two days. Yeah, well, I, I started, uh, you know, I, I've done... My my packing schedule has been a little erratic because I had like a day, you know, I can stand a whole day just packing things and then for like three days I do nothing. So, um, yeah, but I'm going to have to take my um, take take my thumb out of my ass and uh, get that shit done before my dad gets here. But, uh, yeah, it'll be all right, I guess. Uh, and that's uh, like that's why I told you for me it's... Uh I fucking hate unpacking because when I move, uh, like I mentioned uh, earlier, I just uh, start the day when I supposed to move or day before that, and I just put everything in some boxes. I don't write anything, and also I use a lot of uh, this garbage bag mm -hmm. because they they contain a lot. And after that is. Where the fuck I put that? Where the fuck I put this? Uh, it's, <laughs> I basically need to unpack everything. Yeah. And again, to pack what I don't need it to put in the storage. Oh, well, um, that's... I mean, it's, uh, I don't remember. The thing is, I try to remember because I have moved quite a lot. But the thing is, I don't, I don't remember how I did it last time. I'm just standing here like, okay, how the fuck did I do this last time? And I don't you know. You start, uh, uh, last time was uh, when you moved uh, from the apartment that uh, I take over, right? No, I moved out of my mother's place as well. So. Ah, okay. Because uh, I remember you start to pack uh, a month before you moved from uh, Stockholm. Yeah, that could have been true. Well, I, I basically did the same thing now, but I basically had, you know... I, there's been other shit I've done also. Um, last last week I actually went out on a hiking trip with my mother and my sister. 
we were like gone for like two days hiking in a in a sleeping in, sleeping in a tent no we, we didn't we actually took into a it wasn't a hotel but it was sort of like this uh hostel hostel exactly which was um it was basically on the uh, trekking track basically so we slept there for one we, we went on like a six kilometer trek first and then we slept the night there and then the next day we went on like a seven and a half kilometer track and then we went home so there was a lot of walking <laughs> those days that's that's so right now for me it is but when i moved in sweden and i was uh, homeless dude every fucking day i woke almost 20 kilometer with a backpack that was uh, like 20 kills oh damn Damn, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, because well, um, I walk uh, almost the whole Stockholm uh, by day from one place to the other because uh, I didn't use the public transport and whatever. So it was a lot of walk. Definitely, I can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, you get used to it, I guess. Um, but, and, uh, and, yeah. and now I'm so fucking lazy and... But um, anyway, uh, last two weeks, uh, three weeks uh, from now, probably, dude, I went to some great shows at Club Frax Monkey. And do you know what uh, was uh, one of the greatest uh, show that I went? I don't know. It was a reunion of old school death metal band from Sweden, Eternal Darkness. They played their first kick in 29 years at oh, Club really? Was great, man. Damn, really? Yeah, that's cool. But did, was it, this uh, yesterday or not, uh, not yesterday, but last weekend or? Uh, yeah. Cool. It was, uh, and also another uh, old school death metal band, Tuxuema. They also play amazing. And um, I forget to mention like, uh, last week, go and check uh, Facebook of Club Frax Mangio. Uh, they're pretty much booked the whole year right now. And uh, in one point, eventually, uh, we spoke uh, between the recordings Probably we're gonna do the second uh, appear there with Mel Brainfart. Yeah, it will. It will happen. It seems. <laughs> yeah, and uh, this time I hope uh, to not uh, need to change the quotes, or uh, we're gonna take uh, spare uh, <laughs> spare quotes with us and the bucket. Oh, fuck, yeah, that's definitely happening because uh, I I don't trust the people there to (laughs) make sure that I won't get drunk like I did last time because... They try to kill us with uh, the shots. The the thing is, I can't even trust myself at that situation, you know. I might say to myself that, okay, I'm not going to drink as much. I know, man, that's the worst part. (laughs) And the thing was, we actually said to each other before that fucking thing that, okay, let's not... We can have two or three beers before we go on stage, but no more. And I think we kind of held ourselves to that rule, but 
in the end, I mean, well, it didn't it didn't fucking matter because the shots were coming in anyway. So I mean, well, <sighs> well, uh, uh, we we keep our promises before the show. We didn't yeah. say during the show, right? No, we. I guess that was the uh, problem in our uh, agreement, I suppose. But um, no, the problem was uh, <laughs> you shout out for that show. So yeah, we are accepting drinks. Yay! Here come the shots. The the thing is, however, I don't know if I, I don't know would that would that have mattered if I said it or not. I don't know. I think we would have received drinks uh, whether we'd liked it or not. I don't know. Because, I mean, <laughs> anyway, on, honestly, our fucking... Uh, that show was shit anyway. So, I mean, getting us drunk was probably way more entertaining than listening to us, listen to us talking about fucking Christmas music. Yeah. So, but, uh, like uh, we said before, it was our first uh, show. So, basically, we don't know what we are doing anyway. Ah. Uh, Hopefully we have something, but uh, it's, it's a we little bit... figure out something. It's ways, ways off, but it will happen in the future, definitely. So stay tuned for yeah. that shit. So um, should we get what? into the subject at hand, or do you have some other housekeeping to get no, to? The housekeeping, you know, it's always at the end. So Yeah, but uh, we always housekeep all the time, basically. <laughs> Basically, the housekeeping is basically like my packing. It's like uh, every You're once the, in a my, while. My my housekeeping is like my housekeeping. I uh, clean it once in a year. <laughs> um, sort of. But yeah, we're um, we're doing the part two here of our death retrospective. And last time we left you guys, we were talking about the album, the excellent album, Human. And now we are deep, balls deep into progressive death metal territory here. That so, um, uh, that w- is basically not my style. Totally, it's out of my wheelhouse. But especially with this band, I prefer uh, more this uh, this period of death than the early one. I don't know. It's very strange. I know that, especially for me who is uh, more into death and trash to listen uh, more the progressive uh, era than uh, the pure death metal well i th- i think i think death just transcended they just did you know it is just good music that's it i mean even if it's not your usual cup of tea it's still something you enjoy i mean i mean that's that's my argument as well i'm i'm not really a death metal person at all but i have my i have my favorites in the genre definitely i mean i'm i'm not going to say it's a entirely bad genre but it's just not my genre really and um I mean, yeah i mean i i like death metal am i a death metal fan mm, i consider uh, a healthy as half not uh i'm way more into a trash and uh that's my wheelhouse, trash metal. Yeah, I love, I like some death metal bands. I hate some med, uh, death metal bands. Uh, brutal death, I can't stand. Like, you know, cock and bow torture and whatever. <coughs> Porno grind and whatever is called that shit. Yeah, it's fucking awful. Deathcore uh, and shit. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, definitely that uh, was one of the pioneers uh, of the style and after that uh, uh, split also to um, not that core because that's totally suck man this genre I can't stand yeah. but uh, grindcore I mean uh, Mail expanded to grindcore that is more uh, hardcore punk and um, with death metal. Yeah, I mean grindcore can, can be good, but usually it isn't. You know, all the core genres are not really that good. Mm, I think. Nah, I mean uh, I like hardcore, but uh, you know when I say hardcore, I mean this type of. Uh, uh, a, a lot of people will consider hardcore like. Uh, this uh, stupid new bullshit that came out uh, last 10 years, uh, but I consider hardcore uh, old ways that uh, some even now said uh, metalcore, but metalcore for me is that scream of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, uh, the quasi-hardcore from uh, New York, like uh, Madball or Agnostic Front, even some Bulgarian bands uh, have also some Swiss band. Mm. This type of hardcore I like, hate, breed, and whatever. But we are not uh, here to speak about hardcore tonight. We are uh, here to speak about death metal and uh, the godfather of death metal, or one of the godfather of death metal, death. Exactly. Uh, and uh, this is their... Uh, their uh, progressive... Uh, Progressive uh, albums, yeah, More progressive we're, albums. We are balls deep into that shit. So, um, uh, individual thought patterns is their fifth album, released on June twenty second, nineteen ninety three. So it's uh, next year. It'll be fucking thirty years old. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, that's crazy. But Cute, uh, we are old. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm I'm pretty much as old as this record is, so it, it feels crazy. But yeah, so um, what do you think about individual thought patterns? And before you answer, I must say I made a little observation here in my um, in my uh, personal show prep. I actually wrote something here. It's actually one of the lowest rated death albums on Metal Archives, with seventy nine percent. It is. Um, it's the same with the sound of perseverance. By the way, it's also seventy nine percent, and it's like around thirty users. So, um, do you do you agree? Is this a weak record? Um, not weak, but uh, not uh, memorable. Almost like uh, spiritual healing. Mm. Yeah. Remember in the last episode, I said that, uh, you know, we talked about spiritual healing and how it's not really that memorable and that I would have this problem in the future in the discography. And this is the one because yep. uh, this album is, you know, l like I said, with spiritual healing, there are great songs and I like listening to it, but I can't for, you know, <laughs> the life of me remember which which riff or which melody belongs to which song? Ju uh, probably just the philosopher. Yeah, the philosopher is probably the most memorable. 
abstract, but I think it's thanks to it having a music video, really, that helped it out. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, man. I almost don't watch the video, so anyway. Uh, but uh, Philosopher uh, also a love band to do a um, cover of this song. So mm. probably that's why. And um, speaking of this album, once again, we have a uh, uh, band change up, lineup change. Uh, this time uh, is Gene Hogwand on the drums. Yeah. Uh, after he left uh, Dark Angel. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they kind of, uh, I mean, fuck, I don't want to talk ill of the dead, but um, Shuck did some kind of a very assholeish move here when they started recording individual thought patterns because they didn't bother to check in with Sean, who played the drums on the on the human record to see if he was interested to play but he just you know shock he just contacted gene because he was available and wanted to play and uh, they didn't even give a fuck so it, it was actually steve i think that had to call to sean and be like um sorry dude you're clearly not doing this with us this time i'm sorry so that was uh... like there was no phone yeah. call, no nothing. Shuck just... He went with a different dude without saying anything. And uh, on the movie that we spoke in our p- uh, previous episode, yeah. uh, Dead uh, by Metal, Sean even said, am I surprised? No. Did I have a bad feeling? No. Am I disappointed? Yes. Yeah, and uh, it, it's understandable. I am. Um, I know that feeling, actually. I mean... Um, because I used to be a guest player in a band back in the day that didn't have their bass player uh, available at the time. So I played a bunch of shows. And I remember one time they announced that they were going to play a show somewhere. And I tried to get in touch with them and be like, oh, okay, do you want... Uh, wh- when is the next uh, practicing time? I said in a sort of like facetious, funny way. But I never got any response. And they started practicing with some other dude, which I thought was, you know, it was a little weird. But, you know, I never got a reason or whatever. I mean, I was probably being, uh, I don't know, I wasn't liked by all the members in the band. So I guess there was probably that or maybe they just wanted to play with someone else. But, uh, you know, I know that feeling. It's disappointing. It sucks when shit like that happens. But Yeah, just say, well, man. Sorry, we are not uh, going to continue with you and whatever. Yeah, but or these guys, they were extremely, like, afraid of um, conflict, which I think Shuck was as well. I don't think he... I mean, when you see, when you look at this documentary, for example, uh, a lot of the things that are described, he sort of is very reclusive. And when he when he's feeling down or depressed, he has basically doesn't talk to anyone and shuts in and whatever yeah and uh that's that's very strange because uh he's really nice guy from all the interviews that you see and whatever he never say a bad word about anyone but uh like we said we 
don't want to shit on the deaf people, but uh, at one point he also was very complicated and uh, done some uh, shitty moves like uh, Axel Rose, uh, for example, with the all the tour and whatever. Because uh, even uh, one time they didn't uh, wanted to uh, the European promoters they even don't they wanted that uh, because of the music yes but uh, they were uh, they were afraid to book them because uh, they don't know if uh, Chuck gonna show up or uh, they gonna cut uh, short the tour like happened I don't remember for which tour they have a problem with uh, one uh, uh, English uh, promoter and they have uh, almost they couldn't uh, get uh, their equipment for a long time for a couple of months like 10 months something like this yeah their equipment was basically like held hostage because of some falling out between between Chuck and this promoter so um i think it was uh, somewhere in between human and individual thought patterns that that happened i think so yeah. i mean they've had a there was like this fucking cringy ass interview with i think it was rock hard magazine from germany and uh he was like he was like really pushing shuck so are you really touring are you really coming to germany and uh, europe and uh, and he's like oh yeah yeah sure we will are you sure about that and it's yeah. like it was so fucking cringy to watch it's like come on <laughs> i'm i'm surprised that 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 I'm surprised that Chuck, he wasn't that guy that got pissed off at journalists or whatever. He was just, he would just like laugh and, uh, you know, sit there awkwardly, which he did during that interview. And of course, I mean, uh, as history would have put it, it, you know, that, that tour went to shit, just like all the other European tours, unfortunately. So, uh. And um, the thing is, uh I have opportunity to see that uh, to all that is like uh, the tribute band of uh, Dead with uh, a past member uh, from Death. Oh and, yeah. Uh, and I just uh, brush it out because uh, of Chuck. Uh, it was like almost to see more yet without Lemmy, you know. And uh, a lot of people who actually went to this tour, uh, uh, to these shows, and say, "Hey, man, you miss a lot." And, yeah, I uh, heard it was amazing. Actually, that show, I didn't uh, get the chance and, either. Uh, I read somewhere I don't remember, or uh, it was uh, Facebook or some uh, fanzine or some Armel uh, website that um, they gonna do this year um, a tour I think for a human if I don't lie myself and uh, if it's passed through Sweden eventually I'm gonna attempt to go there yeah I I will definitely take that chance if it's ever given again but um, you know it's sort of like you said you know death without uh, shock and, and I get it but in one way I sort of think that I don't think he was a good... I mean, that's the impression I get, that he wasn't really a good touring artist. He was more of a studio guy. Because the things yeah. that he created in the studio was amazing. But obviously, uh, 
for personal reasons he couldn't really deal with this um, you know uh, the touring thing yeah. and yeah like i mentioned uh, in our previous episode he he get uh, very easy homesick i mean i mean you, you sort of have to view him as like a like a classical composer i think you know you know richard wagner he's dead he's been dead for many years but his music is still around and it still draws a lot of you know attention so i guess that's that's the way we gotta view death i think i mean i think it's good that you know project like death to all exists because um this music is too good not to be played for an for an audience yeah uh, yeah uh now we probably i'm gonna get uh again hate from a lot of people but for oh example <laughs> like uh, i never uh hide that uh I'm a huge Pantera fan. And like uh, we all know, Pantera don't exist for a long time. Spoiler alert, the both of the brothers are dead. But yeah. uh, but Phil Anselmo uh, play in 2019 at Yeflamato. And actually he did a European tour, Phil uh, Anselmo and the uh, Illegals. With just a Pantera set, and I can say it was amazing. Oh, really? And uh, when I when I say I have this opportunity, it was around 2014 to see Dead to All, and uh, then I was young and stupid. Now I'm old and stupid, but I changed a little bit my mentality. So. Like I said, I eventually I'm gonna go to this uh, gig. I need to check it uh, so you can uh, rumble something. Yeah, uh, are, are you saying that you might that they might do this thing again? But because I think it's like where I see there's DTA project and Death to All. I think there was like a some kind of a problem with that shit. Maybe some legal shit. I don't. I don't really know. But um, I don't know which guy they got uh, either to do a shucks thing. But I, but from what I heard, uh, the guy who did, uh, he, who basically played shuck, sort of way you can describe it like that. I mean, he was uh, apparently so um, so accurate to uh, his thing that it sounded like um, he, he did like. Uh, it sounded like the real thing, basically. Uh, and also look like uh, Chuck. Yeah, basically. I mean, I think it was like their um, their manager guy. I don't remember the name of him. Uh, but he was in the documentary. But I remember seeing an interview when they were doing this death to all thing. And he said that, okay, if you squinted your eyes, you could basically like... He was basically there in a way. Kind of. <laughs> So uh, I can't see about uh, tour dates, but anyway, I, I'm pretty sure uh, there was a tour uh, for this year or for next year. I think uh, they're gonna travel for the human uh, uh, human album. Uh, oh, re and, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, fuck. And um, speaking of uh, these uh, tour problems and uh, whatnot. They have, uh, uh, I think they were, it was in Germany, 
when uh, they play with uh, Benediction, it was on the documentary. Oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. This was when they toured the Symbolic. Uh, I, I know the story, uh, but do, but do continue, do continue. Sorry. Uh, but because uh, we are almost done anyway with the uh, individual parents. I'm, I'm just gonna okay uh, okay if we're gonna like uh, close the chapter on individual thought patterns and obviously you hear that none of us have too much to say about it and that's why we talk about other shit than this album and it's not a bad album we gotta make it clear but it's just I, I gotta say when not I listen it's like. The the thing is, it doesn't feel like the songs get enough time to grow on you. It feels like they're over as quick as they begin, I feel. Yeah, and like I said, the only memorable song is uh, The Philosopher. Yeah, and another thing I want to bring up, which I didn't know until I started doing the research and before I watched the documentary, is that Andy LaRocque plays on individual thought patterns, which is... a uh, very interesting guest appearance because uh, for those of you who don't know Andy LaRock is famous for being the guitarist in King Diamond um, and uh, also he have one other project that uh, I didn't know before I get this city uh, way back in Bulgaria and my city actually is in Bulgaria it's called Virus 7 okay well, but, what's, uh, uh, what's that kind of a thing? What, uh... I mean, uh, just uh, to mention about uh, Andy Warhawk. And uh, speaking of that, uh, you remember uh, what they say on the documentary? Uh, about uh, LaRock, you're thinking. Yeah, or, uh, yeah that he, um, he basically only got sent parts of the music in which he would play solos. So he would like he personally had like no idea of how to approach it. So he basically came to Florida and said, okay, guys, I don't know the songs, but uh, I'll do it anyway. And they were like really fucking worried. They're like, okay, this fucking Swedish dude comes in here and he doesn't even know how to play the songs. And he basically just fucking <laughs> like bulldozes their asses and like plays everything excellently the first time. And then there's a bunch of overdubs and shit. And uh, that, I must say, the, the guitar solos are always excellent on these later Def albums. Because, it, 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 and especially on this album, Larock's solos and shit are fucking amazing. But, uh, yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, uh, like, uh, he done the solo from the first uh, take and... Uh, he was like, uh, can we have another take? And uh, Chuck uh, say, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you another song. I'm going to keep this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but but that's uh, my first take. Doesn't matter, man. <laughs> it's so cool. And uh, on the interview in this uh, movie, uh, I think it was uh, Steve DiGiorgio. Or, yeah, Steve DiGiorgio say, he he play every take the same as the first take. It doesn't change anything. It was so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, note by note, sweep by sweep, everything was the same. He didn't make any changes. He he just 
put the best and if steve the Giorgio gets amazed with you then you know that you're good it's kind of a crazy thing i don't even know they don't tell you in the documentary how they came up with the idea of like bringing in andy la rock because it's so fucking random it's like he's, he's a good guitarist and i think he i think he lived in the states Maybe he didn't at that time. I think, uh, not. I think not in that time. But uh, nowadays, I'm pretty sure a big portion of uh, King Diamond live in uh, US. I mean, King Diamond yeah, Japan. Yeah, of course. That uh, that include also uh, King yeah. Diamond. But but I think it was um, it, it wasn't uh, clear. But he might have lived in the states around that time. But um, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting choice. It's sort of like um, he's a good. He's like uh, <laughs> it's sort of like getting Ingvi Malmsteen to do an Iron Maiden solo or whatever. It's so weird. But um, yeah, sort of. But yeah, that that's really all I have to say about individual thought patterns. It's uh, not bad, but uh, eh, could have been more memorable, I think. But you know. Uh yeah, and now we are going to ninety five. Exactly, and uh, we have symbolic. This is uh, a little better, I would say. <laughs> uh, this is a lot better, but uh, a strange thing for me. It's always when I thinking about uh, that discography, I always have a struggle to remember symbolic. In what way? Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, when I counted, I was always like um, scream body gore, uh, spiritual healing uh, leprosy or leprosy spiritual healing. Like I said earlier uh, mm -hmm. in the previous episode, I always uh, misplaced uh, leprosy and spiritual healing. Then human, then uh, individual tort parents. Uh, sound to perseverance. Wait, I miss one album. I miss one album. Always forget about this album, uh, but uh, this album have uh, more songs that I like than individual Thorn Parents. Thorn Parents. I fucking uh, butchered the name of this album every time. Individual thought patterns. It's, it it doesn't really roll off the yeah. tongue, does it? It's like it's very. I mean, they were always stuck with and, like and one word things usually, or but that that's like. Yeah. And, and and especially for a non-native uh, English-American-speaking guy yeah, like me. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's always tough for us. I mean, I, I mean, I'm from Bulgaria and I barely speak Bulgarian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, symbolic. Yeah, I think it's. Unfortunately, I've listened to this one very little. I think the first time I actually ever went through it was last year. As a matter of fact. And I was like amazed with it. I was like, "Holy shit! I've I've really missed out," <laughs> because I, I wish I had this when I was, um, you know, a teenager. You know, listening to it now, it's great. But you know, finding out about it now, it's sort of it felt like I missed something. You know, very important. The problem, yeah, the problem with me is uh, I listen. Almost every album. I don't speak about that. I speak about every band. I'm uh, listening almost the every album. 
from uh, start to finish. But then when uh, I start to speak about the album, I forget totally about the album except one or two songs. I'm more like song guy, not the whole album yeah. guy. Which is, um, with Def, it's more, it's better to be an album guy, I've noticed, than to be a song guy. <laughs> because so many of their yeah, albums but, but are still, so, um, we, I mean, they are sort of like an experience, a part of a, I mean, that's that's maybe the, the thing, Every, like spiritual uh, healing and individual thought patterns, they're more like uh, an, an, an entire song. Basically, like, t taking one song from those albums is like taking a riff from a regular song or something. It makes no sense, you know, in the in the context of everything, in a way. Yeah, and uh, like I said, symbolic. Every time I have uh, difficulty to remember uh, that exists uh, and where was between which albums, and uh, have more songs that uh, that I listen than uh, individual. Uh, so, for example, symbolic, zero tolerance, uh, crystal mountains. Oh, that's a great track. Oh, great yeah, songs. Yeah, Thousand Eyes are cool. I, yeah. I think the opening track has um, a lot of thing going for it. It's a it's a little bit slower than the drifts are fucking iconic. It's basically on like Black Sabbath level almost, some songs on this album, on how iconic the riffs are, I think. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, uh, with Black Sabbath, I don't have any fucking idea which song from which album is yeah but you know the riff i know i like the when song you when you hear it. a black sabbath riff you know yeah. you know what it is M maybe you can't place it exactly where it's from but it is good yeah. anyway that's and that's um, my feeling uh, and uh, and and you know since i'm dj sometimes that uh, is very bad joke on me cuz I'm thinking about playing some song and I lost uh, so many times to find the song because I was like, from which album, from which album? And uh, yeah, and I like, I mentioned million times, I don't uh, use spotty shit and it's uh, take me a while. That's the problem uh, when you have so much uh, music and uh, know so much bands and uh, sometimes yeah, you get definitely. lost in your thoughts. So, um, yeah, I um, <laughs> I don't have too much to say about the album other than it's just great, really. And um, maybe we should bring up that story before we go on break uh, that you were trying to bring up because they um, got to tour the... Um, in Europe once again but uh, as as by tradition at this point they couldn't really make it through entirely and uh, they have a gig at uh, somewhere in Germany with uh, another uh, death metal legend from yes. uh, UK Benediction that uh, actually they released uh, before uh, two years, I think, very great uh, album. Uh, 
uh, check it out. I right now I don't uh, remember the name. However, this is not about Benediction uh, album. They play with Benediction, uh, and I think I think um, that was like support. I don't remember actually. And um, when uh, they finish, no, there was like a guest, something yeah. like this. I don't remember exactly a story. But, uh, however, uh, Benediction uh, finished the set and uh, Chuck is on, uh, on the bus, you know, on the Nightliner or whatever. And uh, the rest of the of the crew and the musician is uh, on the club and uh, like they say in the club unfortunately i know this feeling because uh a many time uh unfortunately bent uh, came to club Frex mango in uh, some norm uh, some uh, working day uh and uh that is just literally yeah. five <laughs> fans five people it's so awkward uh, and uh, the first time when i experienced that was um around 2008 uh, with uh, the polish band Kernel. they play in bulgaria and we was there not more than 10 people where i was like holy crap they came all the way from uh Poland and we are just 10 guys what the fuck however uh benediction uh, done their set and um i don't remember who who is the vocalist at this point but uh he said hey we have a special guest uh, and they gonna play some a couple of songs that's dead and old band is like look each other and <laughs> Um, I think um, it was uh, not Steve DiGiorgio, but um, Gene Hogan. Uh, yeah, basically Gene Hogan and Steve was like, "Okay, let's uh, let's uh, go on the stage." I mean, um, one thing that you forgot, and, forgot uh, to mention asked, was uh, that they the band Death here on this tour. They they basically only play, played like two weeks of shows, and then. Something happened with Chuck, and then the thing was they didn't go home immediately, and they had to like stick around on the tour together with the Benediction guys. They they stayed on the tour, but they didn't play. So basically, we had these like three board musicians that that the only thing they did during the nights were like standing in the bar, you know, to drink, <laughs> drinking and watching Benediction drinking. play. So, I mean, they got the chance, okay, can you come up on stage and do something? And, and they were like, probably, and, you know what? I mean, <laughs> fuck it. And uh, because uh, Chuck is yeah. uh, on the Nightliner, they don't have uh, vocals right now. So they're wondering what the fuck we are going to do. And um, they ask, uh, I think the the sound engineer or uh, some of the roadies hey do you know some of the song to to sing and he say yeah we can do one or two and um, they play yeah, zombie ritual and I think. one more 
and uh, the day after, yeah, uh, and uh, the day after, uh, Chick was like, you know, guys, you are uh, that wasn't uh, <laughs> very nice. What the fuck, man? You, there was like uh, five to five people literally. Doesn't matter, you know. That's my band. Yeah, but you don't show, and there was just five people. You know, you're uh, what was uh, coke bringer or something like this shit yeah, that I, he say to. Yeah, I, I think he was Gene? talking mostly I don't to remember. Gene and the, the guitarist they had on that tour. But uh, I mean, I mean, basically. It was thanks to Chuck that they weren't able to play on that tour for the rest of the tour at all. And he gets pissed off that his bandmates go up on stage and play without him. It's like, it's a very interesting <laughs> perspective to have. But I guess, I mean, what I can read from it, it was an ego thing because it sort of felt like, okay, if if I'm if I'm not satisfied with how arrangements are, then no one can try to be satisfied either like that was sort of seemed to be his attitude it was like okay it's either me or nothing and it's like what what a, he, he must have been an infuriating yeah. guy to tour with i think it was way more cooler to have to deal with when you recorded shit with him but i think you know touring obviously he wasn't i mean I mean, I can. I mean, maybe it's just not cut out for it. I mean, the touring life is doesn't work for everyone, really. I mean, um, do you, uh, before I uh, uh, watched the movie, I know I knew Chuck was very difficult person. Yeah. Nice, yes, but very difficult. But um, when you watch uh, the movie. You you get the, at one point, man. Yeah, he is nice, <laughs> but also he is a yeah. I asshole. mean, th that's the that's the impression I get as well. Because before I watched the movie, I sort of view Shock as I mean, everyone said he was so nice, you know. But uh, you know, the, the impression I got from the documentary was that he was like a fucking pain in the ass, you know. He was a nice guy, but he was a pain in the ass to work with, and and that's it. Sort of, sort of, kind of ruined my picture of this guy in a way, because I always view him as like this, this nice, very he, nice guy that unfortunately died. And I mean, his death was unfortunate, but uh, yeah. But uh, once again, man, uh, genius. They're uh, sort of asshole. You can, uh, you you know me. I'm a genius yeah, well, and I'm I a mean, fucking asshole. You know, you know I mean, fuck, <laughs> I, I know this thing and I, I, I've seen this in musicians. I've seen this in myself as well. So I do, I, I do relate to him, in a sense. You know how he, how he acts and how he behaves because, uh, I mean it. it yeah, the the music industry it really it really can turn you into something else. I I that's the least I can say. You know, um, people who who work with music they can be, I mean they can be the nicest person ever. I, I know this from being in bands and shit that 
you know, these people that you play with, they can be the nicest friends, you know, outside of the band. But when you work with them in the band, they can be like the most disgusting fucking assholes that you ever had to deal with. So it's, um, yeah. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. Um, I think uh, we are good to go for a pause because uh, yeah, I, I have am, to uh, out fill of, up uh, my vodka. glass as well. And uh, like the last episode, we're gonna take a track from uh, Nightlight's symbolic tribute album. So uh, we'll be right back after this.
And we are back again after some more excellent synthwave death metal or whatever the fuck I should call it. But uh, thank you, Metalite, for um, providing us with some music to play during the show. And uh, yeah, we are talking about death and uh, <coughs> we're gonna get. And it's a myth. And it's uh, mid yeah. 90s. We're, we're getting close to the end of the 90s. We're at. And, uh, and I think uh, right now it's um, pretty much good to say that. Yes, is we're basically death. doing the last official death album, but uh, technically the band was basically over after. The symbolic uh, tour, basically, because um, I think, uh, I don't remember the exact reason, but Chuck wanted to do, he, he basically, he wanted to do power metal. Something basically. else. Not, not, not only that, uh, when I say we're in the mid of the 90s, I was... Um, Thinking to mention one other band that uh, almost nobody speak of it, and uh, I cannot speak uh, so much as well because I'm not so familiar with it. It's uh, Voodoo okay. Cult. He he get involved with this band uh, and um, they release like two albums. Uh, just one check uh, if uh, the both of the albums uh, actually is with uh, Chuck not uh, to speak some bullshit you know um, I, I find I think he made it, it was would have called was like um, a like a super group yeah yes w one well, of the first um, super it looks groups, like he actually. only played on uh, the first one mm. The second one he didn't. So um, yes. apparently it wasn't very Jesus uh, killing machine. Jesus exactly. killing and machine. Apparently it's not very, <laughs> very well liked. Five reviews, thirty-five percent. So, uh, and even on the, and even on the movie they say. Such a so yeah, many think, great musicians. I think they basically put it. They put music. it in other words, but they basically say, "Oh, it, it was shit." Basically, <laughs> and and it it looks bad. Yeah. So, I I don't know for you, man, but uh, I definitely cannot. Uh, speak I can't so much either. About, I, I never uh, bothered Google. to check it out because I saw like the reviews, and I was like, "Nah." I mean, I, I wasn't Same. even feeling. You know, sometimes you can be like adventurous in a way that you will try to do something that is awful like eating a bug or something i don't know but i didn't have that that feeling right now usually i'm pretty adventurous and i like to sh check out shitty things but yeah I, I didn't feel like shit this time so um i i didn't i, I didn't give a fuck but apparently we didn't miss shit with that um so I mean, uh, and uh, and like we said, um, Chuck uh, already put uh, death to death. But he, but he wasn't allowed. Rest to. in peace. 
And uh, he... Uh, wait a second. He start to record for Control the Night. And uh, three songs uh, that was actually for Control the Night uh, was uh, Sound... Um, not Sound of Perseverance. So I'm fucking stupid. Story to Tell, Spirit Crusher, yeah, definitely. and By the Pain. And it, it, you can definitely hear it. They're uh, and, uh, a, a, a little bit different from the rest. And... And uh, he rec uh, he sang uh, with uh, Nuclear, I think. Yeah, with Nuclear Blast. But uh, here is the catch. Nuclear say, yeah, we're going to sign Control the Night. But we want uh, so one more Basically a album. deal that he had to strike. And... Yeah, so... They, this four song... Uh, that uh, supposed to go in uh, Control the Night actually end up at uh, one of uh, my favorite album from that uh, Sound of Persevillians. Yeah. And here is uh, something um, not that uh, not, probably not uh, everyone know. You can find a story to tell in YouTube when Chuck Schuldiner actually sing clean voice, not growling, not uh, typical death metal, he sing a story to tell with clean voice, uh, uh, with clean uh, voice. And to be honest, for me, I prefer the clean voice Fuck, I, over the original. I, I didn't Especially really know that uh, story to tell. a version like that was out there. That was new to me. But yeah, I mean, uh, here's my thing with this album. This was... I, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to be honest here. This is the album that I listened to the least. And um, I've, I've given it a couple of plays now in research for this <laughs> show, but... I'm not really feeling it. And the reason why, I think, is because it obviously isn't a death album anymore. It is. It, you hear that a lot of it was supposed to be controlled, denied. And like you mentioned there, I mean, there's a version of Story to Tell where he actually sings it and not doesn't growl. And that's the thing. I, I hear When I hear this album, I just hear a controlled, denied album that... Uh, that wasn't. I, I must. I must put it. Put put this forward as well. That I've listened way more to uh, the fragile art of existence than I have to this album. So I have a bit of a bias, I must say. But this is not bad. The sound of perseverance is, is not bad, but it just uh, it doesn't hit my uh, funny bone in a way. I guess. Uh, Uh, I need. I'm gonna okay. send you something, and um, you're gonna cut this one because I want to hear something. Okay. I want you to hear something, and then we're gonna and then we're gonna continue with our conversation. So this is gonna be. 
like uh, technically unofficial yeah, um, break. We're gonna have like a gonna edit it out so we can check this one. All right, I send you on uh, Facebook. Let's see here. Uh, I'm just gonna turn. Oh wait, uh, wrong link. Is it story to tell 1996 demo Chuck Schuldner clean vocals? Is it that one? Okay. I'm, I'm just going to lower the volume yeah. on my microphone yeah. so it won't pick up. That's why I said it's going to be like... Uh, Unofficial break. Even uh, you can uh, you can uh, listen just a part of it, uh, just to hear the voice. I think I played for you. So we can continue. And uh, we are back uh, with uh, this uh, yeah, I, I, I had to hear uh, a thing. break. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I sent it uh, to Brew this uh, song, uh, Story to Tell with the Clean Vocals, that you can find it on uh, YouTube as well. Yeah, it is well. great. And so uh, what do you think, man? This is, um, this is the thing that I'm talking about. I would have liked to hear the entire album like this instead and uh, i mean one thing he was a little bit uh, i mean he didn't think that he could sing properly shock and uh, which is not true because he could sing very well i mean if he i mean trained a little bit more he he would have been a perfect vocalist no uh what i remember from the movie he was uh, like yeah, I can sing, man, but uh, I have a problem yeah, to sing thing, and right? play so. at the same time. That's why that's why he want to hire a power metal vocalist or a vocal that yeah, uh, exactly. have a clean uh, voice. And and to be honest, I like Chuck voice. Way more than uh, Sharon, yeah, team, uh, team not Sharon, uh, than uh, yeah, Tim well, um, Minor. That is uh, the funny that is, thing. Uh, vocalist of, I, I, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I can get into it this when uh, when we get into Control the Night. I, I just wonder, uh, do we have anything more to say about uh, Sound of Perseverance or? I think we can mention, I, I at least want to mention the Painkiller cover. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's uh, yeah, the, of course. the songs uh, that is on the album. Sca Scavenger of uh, Human Sorrow, uh, it's good. Bite the Pain, great one. Spirit Crusher, oh, yeah. totally one of the best uh, of their song. 
story to tell, like I said, one of my favorite from this album, but I still prefer the clean vocals. I don't know why. And I listen to story to tell way more than the clean vocals. But nowadays, when I found that uh, song, I always play yeah, with I, the clean I, vocals. I think it's better as I well. <laughs> so I agree. Flesh, flesh and the power uh, it holds, it's a really good one. Here is the second instrumental in their uh, uh, discography, Voice of the Soul. Uh, I don't remember if he was uh, already diagnosed uh, or uh, if it started with the problems, but... Uh, Man, this this basically is what it says. Yeah. Voice of the soul. It's so fucking touchy. It's so fucking touchy. I even so uh, you know nowadays it's very popular on uh, YouTube these uh, uh, reaction oh. uh, channels and whatever uh, people react to. Uh, and there was uh, one uh, hip hop uh, fan. He start yeah. to cry on this. I one. mean, that's uh, that's the power of that music. Uh, yeah, to forgive is to suffer. Uh, definitely, I totally agree with the name. Because if you start to forgive everyone, you're gonna suffer a lot. Uh, a, mono, uh, a moment of uh, clarity is probably the song that I know at least. I'm not so familiar with it. And, of course, the amazing the amazing cover of uh, Painkiller yeah, by Yeah, I remember that Priest. going around uh, a lot. Um, and it's a, it's a perfect cover. If you're going to make a, a cover of a heavy metal song as a death metal band or whatever uh it's a perfect one and uh, i like it it's uh the, the vocal style is a little weird uh, because he doesn't really he, he hasn't really decided if he's gonna do like the high-pitched clean vocals like rob halford do or the growl thing he does something somewhere in between which is i, I never heard like a voice like that performing that song because it's not a, like I said, it's not a yeah. pure growl and it's not devoid of melody either. So it's somewhere in between. Very interesting vocal style. And uh, like you mentioned, if uh, death metal band are gonna play a heavy metal song, definitely it's a painkiller. But but here is the catch: this album of Judas Priest. For me, it's trash album. It, it I, I trash, totally agree. I mean, speed. I think uh, I had it as a pick of the week for a couple of uh, episodes ago, and um, I still stand by that because it's probably one of the best albums they've ever put out. And it's, yeah, it it is very much on the edge. You know, it's a pretty extreme album for, especially for Judas Priest. But I mean, overall, it's a very intense album. So. Yeah, I mean, check for example, uh, Hellbent for Lair or yeah. Killing Machine, and uh, Painkiller. Check uh, check Turbo and uh, 
all guns blazing. It's at that point, uh, Jewel's Priest they uh, release trash yeah, album. Basically, I mean, compared to the previous I mean, one, I, I think they I think they saw what it came out in 1990. And, uh, and I think uh, metal was getting a lot extremer during that time. So I think they they must have like you know uh, seen uh, where the winds were blowing and sort of like decided to you know give it. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, uh, okay, we are not uh, going to discuss so much uh, Jewish Priest. Eventually, we're going to do that sometime in the future. Uh, but uh, also, a couple of years later, uh, Rob Halford uh, quit Jewish Priest and make his uh, Pantera influence uh, oh, band yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, Fight. So, so definitely Rob. Uh, uh, knew where uh, to go but uh, like I said this for me is um, their best album once again I like more uh, the progressive uh, the progressive uh, style of death than the pure death metal or brutal trash that became death so uh, yeah and uh, that was uh, actually the album that they go to play at uh, the biggest European festival at this yeah, time, actually made Dynamo it. Open Air. <laughs> and and they was uh, thinking uh, it was a joke, but now they have uh, an invitation to play on this festival. Because, uh, yeah, uh, Dynamo was basically a big uh, as... Uh, yeah, Bucky I mean, uh, Dynamo, that's kind of an old festival, really. Um, but it... Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, nowadays doesn't exist. It, it, used, it, it, it used to uh, be fucking huge. That, but, that uh, I know. A, a, couple lot of, a lot of bands that played at Dynamo. And it was basically the size of Vakken. Yeah. Exactly. And nowadays, uh, the reincarnation of Dynamo Festival is Netherlands Death Metal. Or Netherlands De- Death Metal Festival. And I think they have a Dynamo Metal Meet, yeah. something like this. But uh, that was a really huge success for that. And. Uh, Unfortunately, Chuck has uh, has been diagnosed with yeah. a brain tumor, and uh, he started to work on the um, control denied because he he said yeah he he's basically been done that. since um, the symbolic days. But I mean, even symbolic has uh, these elements that would become control denied a, a little bit. I mean. I mean, they sort of, when they talk about it in the documentary, they say that, oh, Symbolic is basically power metal. And in a strange way, it kind of is. It's a very melodic album, as well as Sound of Perseverance, even though I don't like sound that much as I do Symbolic. I I still do agree that there's there's definitely a huge change here. And... um, yeah, they, and they basically did Sound of Perseverance mm. just to 
Yeah, just because the deal they had with Nuclear Blast, they they wanted a Death album, and he was like, okay, fine. <laughs> exactly, and um, basically they done uh, Control the Night very yeah. very fast. It was roughly a year later and, they um, put out there when the uh, Control first and only, unfortunately. I, I I hear a rumor, uh, or I hear it, or I read it somewhere, that uh, supposed to be the second album, uh, and uh, the vocal or the guitarist uh, gonna be Mila Petros uh, from Creator. I'm not sure about uh, from where I uh, read or hear. But I definitely know that was some rumor that uh, go around in the male community um, way may back maybe. around 2008. I mean, uh, it's the first time I've ever heard of that, actually. So uh, I don't know. Uh, the only thing rumor-wise I've heard about con relating to Control Denied is that uh, there basically is a finished album written, but uh, it hasn't been... I mean, there are there are like demos and stuff, but there aren't any like properly uh, released uh, material, and uh, they basically are held back on releasing it. But I mean, um, we can talk about that later, I guess, because um, let's talk about the very last thing that Shock produced before his death, which is the fragile the fragile art of existence by Control Denied, and. Um, I actually own this album, by the way, and uh, this was one of the first album I listened to in its entirely on, entirety on YouTube <laughs> because uh, someone had uploaded it. Hey, are you are you still? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, I got my hands on this album. Back in the day, around the same time when I listened to Death, and uh, yeah, g getting getting back into this, I mean, I I love this fucking album. It's fucking great. I must say. I have it on a, on a tape in Bulgaria, but um, for me, like I said, uh, I don't. Uh, Really much like the nah, vocals. I, I kind of get where you're coming from. I mean, the vocals are... I think they are... They do they, they do the job, but I, I would much rather hear Shuck do them. I mean, even if he... I mean, I, I guess his idea was that Control Denied was supposed to be his newer, new touring act. So he wanted to get, uh, you know, a vocalist that would sing the tracks live. But but he still I mean it could have been that he was he was very sick during the production of this album, he wasn't feeling too well and couldn't work, you know, as much as he wanted to. But um, so I don't know if he was like not feeling it, or if it was a thing that he wanted. I don't know. Really. Uh yeah. Yeah, because uh, when uh, Steve uh, Steve uh, came to record the bass, uh, basically um, 
Chuck was at uh, New York for a cancer treatment and they play on the song and uh, the reaction was uh, almost like uh, you after the song hey are you there when you ask me uh when I, because i was searching something and uh he was like that's the greatest thing i ever heard and uh, his voice actually was very down because of the treatment and uh but uh it was my bet Mila Petroza was not involved with uh, Control Denied. Ah, was, okay, uh, I see. At, so that's uh, a little bit of... I mean, th th that's, uh, you know, the jungle drums of uh, the metal community. Sometimes stories get mixed up, you know. It's like a game of telephone, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And, and like I told you, this, uh, this was around uh, 2008, so that's why... I know Mila have something to do with uh, Chuck, but I wasn't sure for which project the Voodoo Cult or uh, Control the Night. And uh, speaking about Control the Night, they have uh, done a, a lot of songs. Almost the second album is yeah. ready to be launched. But um, but before uh, Chuck died, he, he spoke uh, with... Um, Again, I forget the name of uh, Morris Sound yeah. uh, guy, and he say, "Don't fuck with this. If you can't uh, put the great uh, yeah, album, it was just um, don't Scott touch Burns. It. So, and that's why they are a little bit um, yeah. How should I say they they are a bit reluctant to put this thing out because um, I mean it is basically finished, but he was such a fucking perfectionist and he wanted it done his way so i think there is like a uh, a fear really of uh, I, I don't know I'm, i mean i'm kind of amazed that they haven't put this album out i mean in 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 any way because uh, yeah man I, I, i don't know the the rumors was about uh, two th uh, around 2000 Then something like this, it's gonna be released, and uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I remember some, those rumors uh, issues I, and whatever. And from 2010, it's like 12. Yeah, 12 I, years, I, uh, I remember those rumors actually. That now that you say it, it was in and around like um, 2010, and they were like, okay, we we are gonna give this a chance. And I mean, I, I don't know if I dreamed it or not, but I, I think I fucking saw like promotional things for when man and machine collide which was what the next album would have been called i remember i i i don't know if this is a mandela effect yeah. or something but i actually remember i remember that there was like <laughs> I, uh, i don't know man these, you know online pages that had like you know like a temporary cover for this man and when man and machine collide in and around that era that you talk about 2010 But nothing happened with it, and uh, I, I kind of, you know, I started to yeah. listen to other things and whatever. So I guess, you know, I sort of assumed that they've put out this album, but uh, people have heard it at least. I mean, and like you said, uh, probably this uh, Mandela effect, because a couple of time I was like. I think this yeah, is yeah, two albums, yeah, you see. not one. Yeah, well, that, that 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 was the impression I was under as well. But uh, no, it's only 
It's only just the one album. But uh, yeah, but uh, we'll see, I guess. But it's been, I mean, 2010. I mean, it's always been like 12 years since then. And uh, there's been... Or even uh, more, I I say around this time, probably it was between 2008 yeah. to 2010. Something like this. I'm not quite sure about the about the year because it's a long time ago but and a lot of news uh, concert and whatever and since i wasn't I, I and i still don't like so much control the night did i listen yes sometimes did i like it yes sometime uh am i a fan of uh control the night uh, like die hard fan totally not so the the news you know when it's on the metal community it's uh, go all around and even if you're interested or not you're gonna hear it and that's why like you uh, we mentioned before we stay with this uh, Mandela effect yeah they have two albums they, yeah. yeah unofficially they yeah, have I mean, two albums they do have two albums one. there were two albums made I mean you can make that claim without any controversy really i mean if you say that they have free albums however they then then you will have a problem i think <laughs> but um i think it was one thing that uh, it was so sad that he had to go so early because this project was very promising because you know when you start something you new you know you have to work out the kinks and the uh, you know the problem in the machinery so to speak and, uh, I mean, I think the Fragilator existence is yeah. excellent. I mean, you're maybe not as huge of a fan, but, but I am a very huge fan of it. And um, it would have been interesting to see what he would have done with a new release, how, how it would have sounded and how, you know, how it would have evolved. That, that is, um, you know... the. That's the sadness of it all because it's a yeah, definitely album, and it's like you you want to hear more from this guy because yeah, uh, and uh, definitely I gonna say this uh, progressive um, progressive death metal albums that we speak uh, spoke about uh, earlier. They have an impact on you because uh, we was uh, working together, uh, me and you, for uh, a song, and you have this exactly that uh, type oh, of fuck, uh, yeah. souls that you wanted to put, and uh, unfortunately we we lost it somewhere in our. Uh, the unfortunate drunk thing nights. was that uh, I I played over a guitar loop that we did and. Uh, Strangely enough, whenever I did music, um, when we tried to do our sort of deaf thrash thing, I don't know, whenever I wrote riffs and shit, it was, it was strange because I did like very deaf-esque kind of a thing. And, that, and you told me that, oh, holy shit, that's like a fucking deaf yeah. riff. I'm like, is it? Uh, oh, maybe. <laughs> that's probably where I'd taken it from because, uh, yeah. Uh, uh and it's uh, definitely sounds uh, 
way too much into yeah, some I mean, sort of um, civilians. That was the crazy thing, especially with the, the, that particular song that we mentioned. I I made a really cool solo, and uh, I, you know I remember how it sort of sounded in my head, but I can't tell you what I played. You know, it's, you know if I hear it, I I'll remember. But um, you know, unfortunately, the problem the problem was uh, you know what. We have uh, such a good uh, time and uh, uh, creativity, but uh, that was my fault. Most of the time I came with such a stupid amount of alcohol and we just yeah. get uh, trashed till the end of the you night. You know, one thing that's great about anything. alcohol is that you get ideas. However, you're not good at executing them. That's the thing. You're very inspired to do shit, but uh, you know, yeah. it's never good. It's not good, good place to be. So, um, yeah. Well, um, do we? Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I think we, we are because um, that. I honestly, I received a message here from my mother, which I have to respond to. But um, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I I feel pretty done. I think we've done. Yeah, we, we covered the entire discography and a little bit of history. I mean, usually we try not to go too deep. We're not doing like a retrospective of like, a, you know, the history and whatever. We we only talk about the music. But uh, in this... Sometimes we get uh, to history, but... Uh... And also, it's not so common to, of us to do a, res, a retrospective. We do uh, retrospective uh, every yeah, we, couple of months, like uh, once we, in a... We've only do, done it two, once before, months. and uh, I don't know if there'll ever be a chance. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. SDI, SDI we've done... Uh, We've done uh, Maiden Ma and I shit. and Metallica. Ma man, my memory is really awful, isn't it? <laughs> but I remember... Um... <laughs> the thing was, uh, Maiden, Maiden was uh, such a huge project. They take, uh, yeah, and they, they, they were all like, uh, in and around like 90 minutes as well. It. So that was a huge undertaking. But I was happy with how it came out. And uh, with Death... Um, yeah, I think we covered it all, and I've gotten to say what I have to say about this band, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with it. And uh, and definitely that is a cornerstone uh, band, a legendary band that uh, every metalhead is supposed absolutely. to listen to. Uh, and. Uh, if you like it or not, it's up to you. But definitely check all the albums because every single album is uh, in such uh, greatness and uh, it's a capture of time. And this band is not stick uh, to one thing. They involve, involve and every album is totally different from the previous yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would say if you found, found our discussion interesting, uh, give, um, 
give, give the entire discography a chance and as well check out the the documentary as well because sometimes it can be good to see a documentary of a band you don't know about before getting into the music sometimes that works as well but um, i mean it's a good it's a good documentary but so but you but even if you know the band again you can learn so much thing for example i didn't know uh, that uh, have a tour in yeah, europe exactly. without I, Chuck. a lot of things i didn't know which was uh, great to find out about so and um did you have something else or um, uh, should i wrap the let's episode? see here um no i i really have nothing to add i've said everything i need to say well as usual as every episode if you listen to the rest of the episode till the end probably you are not however uh we are thank you from above uh, bottom of our heart and um you can check us at uh, uh facebook.com slash mailbrainfart or metal brain fart podcast it's gonna pop up and um if you want us uh, to help uh, to collect all the debt uh discography plus control denied you can donate some uh, patreon money in you can find the Patreon link in the description below. And till next time, stay tuned or be doomed. <laughs>